Good morning everyone, how are you guys doing? What's going on? Welcome to episode 17 of Merchants of Novigrad, a bi-week podcast where we discuss everything went. Today with me, my two partners in crime, Hesser and Villa, and as you guys can see, we have a very special guest, a long-time member of the community, long-time member of Team Artusa, a D&D freak, and as of late, also the community specialist with CD Project Red, Ryan Gartrick. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's our pleasure. We were waiting for this episode. Oh, really? We were waiting. Like the moment they said Ryan is joining the team, I was like, oh, I know this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but before we actually get into it, um, a few words to our viewers. Guys, if you have any questions, you can ask them in chat. We'll try to pick the more interesting ones and answer them as we go. Also, if you like to stay in touch off stream, you can follow us on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. And if YouTube or Spotify are the platforms where you would rather watch or listen to this episode, it's going to be uploaded onto these websites and a couple more, actually, a few hours after the live stream. And with that being said, I think it's it's time to go to the first segment of our podcast, which is what have you been up to? I think we are going to start with our guest, Ryan. How are things? How are the first few months at the job? Oh, a lot of things happening. Um, I don't know. The, for the last two months have basically flown by, and um, I I enjoy work really a lot. Um, obviously, I get to work with really cool people, really nice people, and with a great community, and um, that makes my job very easy because I know a lot of people in the community. Um, coming from the community so uh, I know uh, how to talk to people who I want to talk to and um, I think for me it's a lot easier to understand the sentiment coming from the community and see okay where do we want to improve that the community feels more respected for example and yeah um, other than that I'm still living in uh, Germany Cologne but I'm ready to move to Warsaw and join the team once we're all back in the studio um, until then I think right now, obviously, is a great time as a community manager because we're doing this reveal campaign once again. And um, it's a lot of fun to work with the people from the community because everybody's really hyped for the next expansion. And uh, there's a whole lot of positivity going around. So things are good, really good. Oh, and one last thing. If anybody in the chat thinks that one of us is too quiet or too loud, please tell us before we end the stream. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, uh, <laughs> moving on, <laughs> uh, because you are not the only person working on many Gwent related projects. Uh, Hesser, not too long ago, you actually got back to streaming Gwent and in no time you got involved in how many projects? Five, six? Mm, yeah, I wouldn't count that much, but yeah, probably like three or four, I think, apart from streaming, obviously, and then like creating my own community, let's say around the channel. Uh, moving into the podcast, obviously, as well. Uh, and um, casting the tournament that TLG is going to organize in July, I think, right? I'm going to cast it uh, for the Polish version, let's say, for the Polish community. So this is going to be a completely new one. So a lot of going on, actually, with the IRL, IRL stuff being difficult as well with coronavirus and reopening the business, uh, which is extremely difficult as well right now. Um, yeah. It's been it's been a rough time, but I'm enjoying most of it. So I hope it's gonna stay that way. All right. 
Because there's also some other things that you did not mention. You are still translating for CDPR, and we could actually hear you during the last tournament. Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Actually, I forgot about <laughs> the most important part. Actually, I, I guess I like got used to it so much that it's like uh, it's like you know the part of my life right now. It's not like a new project, but this is a continuation. And I'm really happy that I have this opportunity, obviously. And uh, yeah, that last uh, that last open was something different, right? Because we ran it online, but we're going to talk about that in the next next segment. So Ryan is going to uh, make a close up on that project as well. Absolutely. <laughs> talk about, yeah, talk about more about the uh, the backstage. So if you if you also guys have any questions about that, make sure to to answer to ask them, and and Ryan will answer. Hopefully, every single one. <laughs> but speaking of tournaments, Villa, you actually made it to the qualifiers once again. How was the grind? Uh, good, tiring as well, but I made it through. So I'm yeah, I can good. see it. I I have a feeling that you were actually grinding last night as well. Nah, 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 nah. Last night, <laughs> last night was something different. Okay, okay. <laughs> Um, but to get the mood a little bit up, uh, I think we can move to the next segment, which is what's happening in Gwent. And there is a lot of happening in Gwent, starting with the expansion that caught, up, caught us a little bit off guard, because some people believed it's actually going to be released. Uh, it was going to be released last week and wasn't. Now we have this huge review campaign. Everyone is hyped. <laughs> Everyone is talking about it. Everyone is talking about the um, evolving cards, about the reviews, about everything involved in the expansion. I remember even before uh, the trailer went on, uh, when when live, I was like, okay, is this, is this going to be about the conjunction of the spheres? Is, is this going to be about Dagon? People were really, really involved. But before we talk more about that, I think we can actually show the trailer once again. What do you think, guys? Yeah, oh, let's go for it. Hello. No, I fear this is no dream, my friend. Didn't actually think I would forget about you, did you? Me, who with but a whisper can swell a wave. Start a chain of events with consequences momentous. No, I never forget. It's high time to pay the piper. I think the mo most interesting part is that nobody, on seeing the um, the the, um, the background, thought it's underwater. Everyone thought there's some fog, and these people are being you know pulled out um, into the air. And it's actually underwater. I was like, what? No way. <laughs> yeah, it's a good trailer. I really, uh, really like it because um, it's all been done in-house. Uh, so we've all, uh, like I know the people that worked on it and um, I think there was a lot of energy that went into creating it. And obviously it's like the original voice actor of Gaunter. So I think for people that played the Witcher expansions and um, 
just enjoy the game in general i think it's i don't know it's just really immersive i i really enjoy it yeah we i think we all enjoyed it one thing that i somehow missed and i think it's the first trailer when when you guys uh, haven't done this there is no gameplay footage normally there is a little at least a few seconds of of gameplay showcasing new cards or abilities hmm. now we haven't seen it hmm. is that intentional yeah we might get to see something today but we'll find out we'll find out we'll find out guys we'll find out <laughs> as the man just said uh but um and that, that that's a question for everyone what are your overall expectations because as i said i think that the theme of gaunter or theme caught everyone off guard nobody was really expecting it there was a lot of different ideas and even conspiracies as to what it might be and i think everyone was surprised by the actual theme of this expansion so your overall take oh yeah like people were thinking about dagon at the beginning as well right about conjunction of the spheres so many theories so many cool theories actually the conjunction one was actually pretty logical so that made a lot of sense but i think you know the, the biggest hope for me would be that the meta will just completely you know reshape and change and we're gonna see like new archetypes uh completely new decks um you know the uh, the evolving cards for example that were leaked as well uh, are gonna completely change the whole uh picture of the game hopefully so uh yeah it, it's gonna be a totally different game from now again <laughs> I think that's the best part about Gwent, isn't it? Yeah. And and, yeah, and exactly. Villa, what do you think? Um, as a competitive player, are are you looking forward to this expansion? Uh, yeah. Oh, like, I yeah, very much so indeed. Like, the ladder's been quite the same for what, half a year now. So, I I'm more than happy to uh, get to get to play with those new gods. So something refreshing at least comes up i don't have to play against the same decks like over and over <laughs> oh yeah i've even seen people saying that for the first time ever they got into seasonal because the ladder has been so stale i think mcbeard yeah. said that in his one of his recent tweets i'm not sure though but um compared to the previous expansions because uh if you guys remember uh merges of a fear just dropped out of nowhere there was no marketing involving the expansion. There was no review campaign. Just the day we expected a regular patch, we get a full expansion. So compared to that, uh, Master Mirror seems to be marketing done right. Like we have all this hype involving the expansion. We have a proper campaign. We have all these um, dates where new content is going to drop or is going to be revealed. So, what's your take on this new approach when it comes to promotion? I think Ryan can can shed some more light on how this decision was being made. Well, uh, sure, yeah. I'm. I mean, I wasn't with the company when Merchants of Fear dropped, so I don't know like the thoughts behind it too much. And um, I know that. The, the team was really happy when I joined because not only was I able to bring new ideas to the table, but also just, uh, well, lift some weight off their shoulders so they can be a bit more free with their ideas. Because 
I think the team is very, very interested in always being creative and using new uh, ways to promote stuff. It's just when you have a lot of work and just one thing after the other you need to get through uh, through the day, you really, really find time to sit down and brainstorm what you could do for something new. So, for example, this time around, we uh, we did the YouTube premiere on, on, on Wednesday as well. So uh, that was... Uh, something new Gwent uh, never did before and Boja was really happy because um, we or he at least could make sure that the video was was what it was supposed to be there was no downtime in the like in the dev stream sometimes when they talk and sometimes I don't know it's not it's not 100% interesting and here we were able to cut it a little bit and um, put some effects over it and then put it to YouTube and still everybody could watch it live together and also uh and the whole team could watch it live, see the reactions live of the people in the chat. So that was really cool. And then, I don't know, just stuff like uh, playing around with the new Twitter feature and uh, not allowing people to reply to a tweet. <laughs> and these kind of like these kind of small things, I think, uh, um, make the the community team uh, in our company really happy because we are a bit more uh, hands on now with the with the. Uh, with the campaign and there were some crazy ideas for this campaign that I can't reveal yet because we might use them for a future campaign but uh yeah it's not this is not all basically <laughs> you still have some tricks up your sleeve exactly some aces yeah that sounds really good and uh, Villa Hesser how 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 is your reaction towards this campaign because as I already said a couple of times I'm super hyped I love review campaigns Oh yeah, yeah, the community reveal is is something absolutely bonkers. I love it, and I hope that I'm gonna take part in it as well and reveal one of the cards. No pressure, Ryan. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> just saying, just saying. And you know, uh, I love the ideas. I think that actually Ryan brought most of these ideas because I loved, for example, the Shoop takeover on Twitter. That was a uh, like masterfully done, and that was a great idea as well. Uh, apart from the premiere, obviously, the pre-recorded premiere with uh, yeah the obvious advantages like cutting stuff, right, adding some additional effects, and devs being able to actually watch uh, people's reactions to it and interact with the crowd, let's say, was awesome. So uh, yeah, I would say that that was that was probably one of the best uh, marketing um, campaigns up till now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I feel like Villa is very eager to talk about it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just happy that content creators, uh, yeah, get to uh, showcase these new cards once again. Obviously, makes uh, the relationship between content creators and CDPR better. So, yeah, I'm happy for them. I honestly don't expect anything for myself, but not even for that. But, you know, Brian, if you can... <laughs> I'm, I'm more than happy, you know. <laughs> you know. I, I think you need to be a partner first. No, 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 no. it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Taking no offense at all. <laughs> but I think I think we actually have a question about um, the content creators, right? Yes, sir. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh... Speaking of content creators being able to reveal the cards, uh, are there like any specific channels we should pay attention to? And do you have like anyone in mind for the nearest future? What are, are the next reveals are going to happen? 
Could you tell us a bit more about that, Ryan? I mean, uh, I, I did plan and I've compiled a list of people um, this time around. We don't have that many cards uh, to reveal by the content creators because we've got a couple of things lined up for like from ourselves. Like, for example, the first well, reveal stream had I think seven cards we revealed. Then there's um, a few. Well, on the website, you can already see there's a few beats uh showcasing the new um let's say the new factions or no the old factions getting new things um mm -hmm. and we obviously promote that ourselves as well so um i try to focus on on very new and well not new but um i think a bit smaller content creators out there that still have shown a lot of support to the to the community and to the company and so i reached out to our local community managers and asked them hey who do you think for example um from korea deserves uh, a community reveal because they've worked so hard over the last couple of months or years and same thing for all the other regions and i tried to hand pick with the community managers the best people supporting us and the community and um obviously we have some long uh long time people like, um, I'd say, faction ambassadors that supported us for a while, so they will help out with the reveals. But um, there will be a reveal today. I'm pretty sure about that. Um, might pop up on screen on screen here anytime, anytime, <laughs> so be ready. <laughs> um, and other than that, we uh, I, can, I can tell you that much. I would try to keep the reveals to during the weekdays um so everybody has something to look forward to and on the weekend we can discuss the things but today we couldn't wait with uh with uh, um Nilfgaard reveal so yeah i think we'll be able to see something more today that's awesome that's awesome <laughs> yeah we already seen actually some of the things that we are about to see with you guys so oh, yeah, I can tell that you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. Oh yeah, obviously. But one thing I wanted to ask is how difficult is it to actually organize a campaign like this? Because as you already said, you have um, different local communities. Not only the, let's say, English-speaking world within Gwent. So how difficult is it to actually create a list of creators that would be able to review cards? Because I I I had a look at the. Um, at the partners discord a lot of people want to review a card sure and i know for a fact that um there will be people that will feel like they deserve a card reveal and they won't get one because i've been in the same spot like i've been a community member and i wanted to reveal a card in the past and uh, i got in contact with cpr as a as a streamer as a content creator and i thought hey man come on i've been here for so long i think i deserve card reveal as well and they said yeah sure sure and then i didn't get one for that expansion <laughs> i got one for the next one um but i was really happy i think i, I revealed a card for um iron justice um the redanian knights back judgment. in the days iron judgment yeah <laughs> <laughs> i always mix them up um <laughs> but i yeah I just so i know there will be people disappointed but um i i try to i don't know do the best with communication and explain them hey this time around i'm trying to focus on on people that never had a reveal before um a few very specific key points like for example supporting long time uh shows like for example this show here words of novigrad so um 
it's it's very difficult to be precise and also just make choice okay i'm sorry but you won't get a card um but the good thing is uh i'm very optimistic when it comes to the future of gwen so there will be many more expansions and many more reveal campaigns so i think if you didn't get one this time around there's a good chance you might get one next time and um i think for the long run everybody will be happy if they stick to gwen but uh yeah it's definitely it's definitely a hard task to choose oh yeah and can people actually make their case because most from what i've seen most people just say okay this is my name i'm doing this and that i would like to review a card but is it possible to actually explain why you are the right person to review a card because i think that's how it worked in my case that was also before uh, iron judgment i made a very very specific wish and i explained to mateo wish back then why i think i'm the right person to review the card and i got that card this is also how it works with you uh, as as the community specialist right now can somebody just you know talk to you say ryan i'm doing this kind of content i think i'll be the right person to review this kind of card i think this is the last thing i want uh, to confirm is that if they pressure me enough they're getting cut <laughs> but um on the other hand of course um like uh, there there's been people that there there are people that reached out to me and said hey like look i've been doing this this is how i would present the card and these kind of things so of course they sway your opinion but in the end especially this time around i try to focus on a few different um well aspects like for example have you had a car before are you part of the community for a while um do you do like the regional community managers that observe your region think you deserve the card and these kind of things but um in general, sure, you can reach out to me, uh, but be sure that it's it's not guaranteed, of course. Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. That, I think the, I... the more specific your case, the less of a chance is that you're going to get the card because obviously it is, it is it must be difficult for you to decide which content creator is going to get which card. Because you guys probably have your own schedule. Like, we want to reveal this card on this specific day yeah. to kind of fit the overall theme. And the theme Definitely, that we've yeah. seen the last couple of days have been the Doomed cards. Mm. Neutral and doomed, and I think, I think with that being said, it's it's legal clock, guys. Ooh. I think we have a card to review right now. So there it is, Will of the Wisp, a special neutral, five provisions destroy a doomed unit. Ryan, can you tell us something more about the card, about uh, how it came to be? How did you guys uh, select the ability for this specific card? Well, so far we've only really revealed neutral cards, apart from the original opening stream, um, where we showed a few more. But um, as you can see, that most of them are playing around with the new keyword, either Veil or, or Doomed. Um, Doomed obviously is not new, but um, we really wanted to get away from at least when i talk with the game designers they don't want doom to be like a new poison thing or just a neutral poison that anyone can tag but a bit more of a, a niche case tech situation but i think we'll we'll see how it plays out when it goes live and everybody can play with the decks obviously we're also playing and testing right now and see how the interactions work but um i think it's an interesting uh support to the let's say doomed archetype and i think with doomed 
it's not about uh, dooming a unit and destroying it, but it's more about, okay, how can I deny the opponent value by dooming the specific card they would want to, for example, like in Skelliger. Skelliger has a lot of cards that want to come back from the graveyard. So if you doom them, that's a lot of counterplay. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how the community reacts. Oh yeah, speaking of Skelliger, this is a nice counter against anything that you brought back to the board with uh, Freya's Blessing. Mm -hmm. So that, that's just one of the possible uh, counters. Uh, I think Villa might might have more of an opinion on this card as a competitive player. Um, that's fine. I don't. Seems fine. It could be good in a tournament setting, but for a ladder, it's, I think it's gonna be a way to random and just put in your deck. But we'll see. We'll see how effective it's gonna be. Um, one question that I wanted to ask is because we've seen a lot of interesting cards already. Like as you can as, as you can see, people kind of struggle with the idea of Doom being a thing now. Like we had a couple of cards that were being Doom. We had a card that actually interacted with the status with Counter or Dim, and indirectly also Vincent van Morlehem. Um, so my question would be: uh, Will we also see some reworks, some rebalance changes when it comes to this expansion? Kind of fit all these new cards better into the existing state of state of Gwent. Mm, well, okay. So for on the one side, I think the neutral cards um, obviously are being shown first right now, and uh, I think it's been said before that neutrals are not supposed to be the the only choice, or you that you have to include neutrals into your deck, um, which is why we also have this new keyword that we already revealed like devotion saying you can't have any neutral cards or any other faction cards you need to be only inside your faction in your deck to activate these devotion effects um but um yeah when it comes to balance changes there will be balance changes with the next update um or the next expansion so on the 30th uh, we will see some changes and i think there will also be some minor uh tweaks to existing cards to just adapt them to the new expansion but uh i can't really say uh a lot about the scope but uh, it's definitely more than just two or three cards getting a number change that's really nice that's a major league guys and i, and I see hester smiling there in the corner just just <laughs> probably having an opinion on that <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we got a question from the chat as well about that, right? Are there any plans on buffing neutral cards like Tristelkinesis, Esco, and others, right? And that was exactly the answer to that, basically, or at least the glimpse of the answer. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, like, uh, I really want to know what are your favorite keywords uh, revealed so far from the new expansion, because personally, I really like the comeback of the veteran keyword which was one of my favorites from the beta as well. Uh, it's, it used to be pretty actually bonkers during that time. It was really strong in Skellige decks. And I wonder how it's going to end up this time. Uh, it, feels, it feels much better for now. There is no like strengthening right uh, anymore. So there is not going to be reviving super strong units uh, last round, probably. But what do you think about that, guys? I think... Veteran used to be a very dangerous tool. Oh yeah. It was it was it was an ability, it was a keyword that could easily get out of hand. I like this approach 
because how it's gonna work now is it's going to um, strengthen a little bit next round and then round three as well yeah exactly and there is no way to influence it right ryan mm -hmm. yeah um i'm just wondering uh, please correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't also the old veteran um something like if this card goes to the graveyard or something strengthened by one so you could do it multiple times or was it only specific to the rounds i'm not sure anymore to be honest well i i know that jason and the team was very um yeah the tersek ah right 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 it was a specific card yeah. um that did that but yeah no jason and the team was very careful with implementing this keyword again yeah. because obviously it was a bit problematic in the past mm -hmm. so uh you can expect it to be a bit less oppressive than it was in the past and also i think the scope of cards that have veterans going to be a lot smaller than um also the past and uh guys vet uh, veterans is not the only keyword that's being added to the game you also you, you also are talking about uh devotion we have um symbiosis we have a conspiracy echo and rupture can we expect some more keywords being revealed in the upcoming days, or is that it? Mm, no, I think the keywords that were revealed are all the new keywords. Um, there's definitely a few things that uh, I think nobody expects right now to be revealed, but uh, when it comes to specifically the keywords, uh, we decided to reveal everything at the start. And I think also with the changed approach of having these beats and revealing the expansion well let's say faction by faction not 100 percent, but in a more general scope i think that's especially to target uh the people that want to analyze the new cards because in the past it was really difficult to evaluate the cards, saying okay we don't know what the support for this keyword is we don't know what the other um, cards are with this keyword and how they support each other. So now I think if we um, reveal them more closer to, to each other, it's a bit more, uh, yeah, an easier time to, to, to evaluate and theory craft already for the next expansion. And what is the overall thought behind these keywords? Because some of them obviously make a lot of sense and some based on the cards that we've already seen don't. For example, I was, I was, uh, talking a lot about um, conspiracy. For example, you could basically avoid adding a new keyword by saying, if the unit is spying. For example, you have the angry mob and it says, deploy, um, damage a unit by two, and conspiracy boosts self by two. And you could basically avoid adding a new keyword by saying, if that unit is spying, boosts self by two. We or I think we already have similar uh, descriptions existing in Gwent. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think the whole spying and uh, loyal and non-loyal situation um, got a little bit out of hand. So the the team actually decided to tackle it with this expansion. And um, it's a bit of a rework of the whole name situation. So now one thing is a keyword and the other one is a status. So I think the um well I, I would have to check that but so don't don't i don't want to get this wrong now on stream live <laughs> <laughs> but um where is it one second it's okay um, we can always issue a statement afterwards 
yeah. I want to get it right from the start. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll check in a second and then I'll, I'll let you know. But one is the status. I think spying is actually the, the, the status and disloyal is the keyword something. So if it says disloyal on your card in the tooltip, that means it's going to be played on the other side of the board. And when it appears on the other side of the board, it gets the spying status on the card. Okay. So I think that because before spying was like keyword and status in one, which made it a bit more difficult for cards saying if this card is not spying, um, because then you didn't know, was it the keyword or was it the status? And it made the situation a bit more complicated. And now I think it's the same for conspiracy. We just want to have it clear on the card exactly what it means. And uh, obviously in Gwent, you can hover above the tooltips and then it reads on the side what exactly this tooltip stands for and the keyword. So I think it's a bit more user-friendly and it might take a few days for people to get used to and inherit the change. But uh, I think once um, yeah, people get used to it, it's a lot more comfortable and easy. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the situations that highlighted the the issue of complexity between uh, statuses and keywords is the journey quests. Because every single week I see questions about um, uh, words like destroy, and apparently in, in that specific quest you guys meant destroy specifically. It has to say destroy and not just kill mm -hmm. a random unit with a, like any card that deals damage. Yeah, I think that's um, definitely something we took away from this first uh, uh, round of, of journey quests, I would say. Um, I think, yeah, I think um, we will have to see how in general with in-game quests, we can make it a bit more clearer to the, to the player. Like for example, showing the keyword that is needed so people can hover over it and see, okay, the card needs to have that keyword or um, I don't know, like we're still crafting ideas to how to make these quests more intuitive and more easy to understand, but um, it's definitely a good critique and good point that we need to enhance. Yeah, and, and another kind of follow-up question because um, you were talking a little bit about spies and, and the whole archetype being somewhat reworked to be playable and feature the new keywords. Um, I think one of the major fears of spying, spies becoming popular is they're going to fill your side of the board. Is that something you um you are actively thinking about? Is that something you guys worry about when uh, when reworking spies? Because as you can judge by Panda's tweets, filling <laughs> your side of the board is not a great thing. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, it's definitely something the team thinks about. Um, well, uh, yeah, make uh, well deciding on the on the abilities of the cards. Um. I think there's a middle ground somewhere between having a healthy spy archetype and having an archetype that just fills your board with cards. Um, so I think obviously as a player playing against spies, you will always have to keep in mind that they can play cards on your side. So you don't want to fill your melee row yourself. And it is just something you plainly have to play around, um, which I don't think is a bad thing inherently. I think if you know okay, I'm playing against a spy archetype or I'm playing against, um, I don't know, Nilfgaard in general, you will be a bit more careful. It's the same with monsters. Like for example, in the old days playing against Neckers, you would never give them a long round 
or let them develop their engines because you know what happens if you do that. And um, there were some cards at the start that were designed a bit dangerously, I would say, with uh, this this danger in mind of filling the board, but they were changed. So I think right now we were hitting this middle ground, but obviously we'll have to see when it comes out. Okay, and I promise this is going to be the last question about spies. And feel <laughs> free to give me a no comment. But I, I, thinking about beta spies, I need to ask, ask this question. Is there going to be a spy to door? <laughs> because Rainfire served as one in back in beta. Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> what to find out? <laughs> yeah, I, I doubt Pavel is in the chat to just give you a, a green light to review this. <laughs> Pavel, if you're watching, just, 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 I don't know, wink, nudge, I don't know, just give Ryan a sign. <laughs> he's not in the chat, he's in the room. <laughs> just oh. imagine <laughs> walking in. <laughs> but I think it would be your room, Hester, because you are in Warsaw. True. <laughs> no, okay. actually, not in Warsaw, but yeah, in Poland. He 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 could be here. It's possible, technically. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah right. You are not in Warsaw, but you know, Busha has many talents. Maybe he possesses yeah. the ability to teleport. You never know with this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, but... Do we have more questions about the status? I think so. Villa, is there something you want to ask about the statuses? Yeah, it's just. Like, obviously, not only statuses, but there's a bunch of new keyboards, right? So, do we think, I'm asking all of you, do we think that, um, of, or how much of a significant impact are these going to have on the game? Because obviously, there are cards that interact with statuses, looking at <laughs> Vincent. Um, so, uh, yeah, just like, overall, how, how do we feel about a bunch of new statuses and keywords, just in general, coming into the game? Take it away, Hessa. <laughs> well, uh, I mean... Nobody uh, wants to talk about Vincent. Yeah, well, Vincent is... Well, he's not a problematic card, right? So I love that card. I can imagine that... Well, maybe some of the cards are going to be like adapted right, and reworked to accommodate to Doomed, as Kung Fu Rabbit actually uh, pointed out in chat right now. So that, that might actually turn into another question, right? Are the old cards getting reworked to accommodate to Doomed or not? Or any other keywords? are uh, getting accommodated to that, right? I think Doomed is going to play a significant role in this expansion, and uh, uh, the meta will shift around that, I suppose. Like the card we revealed today, like the Will of Wisp, right? It can be either uh, a pretty situational card, right? Whenever your opponent plays a Doomed unit or not, or it can be just a meta breaker, right? It can be something that is going to be played a staple one, right? It's going to be played in every deck. If everyone plays Doomed, then this is the card you want to choose as a removal, right? It's a cheap removal for just basically anything. So it, it all depends on that. How significant the Doomed keyword, I think this is going to be the main one, uh, turns, turns out, I'd say. What do you think, Weisenberg? Um, the, the, maybe that's crazy, but the first thing that came to mind upon seeing new statuses is, finally I will be able to get a damn quest. There's a challenge where you have to slap like five statuses onto a unit. And that's always True. been a problem. Yeah. Especially when you're playing Nilfgaard, you are usually removing statuses and cards, not giving them something. So uh, so I think that might become a little bit easier. 
But overall, overall, I like it, and I, I think that you know, Villa just mentioned Vincent. I think that Vincent is gonna receive a second wave of hate <laughs> because we there we've seen cards that um, you know boost units and and give them a status, which is exactly what you are waiting for as a Neuvar player. But overall, I like it. It adds complexity to the game and it adds more synergy to the game. I must say, I'm really excited about the new um, status veil because it kind of comes at a time where we have a lot of statuses, but it is a status that prevents other statuses. So yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's it's different to a purify because it won't take away anything that is already on the card. But if you slap veil on a card, it's basically blocked from get. For example, you get poisoned or if your big units get poisoned and then you put veil on it, then you can't get poisoned again. Um, or you put put it on a card that uh, is like like the opponent has an engine that can create bleeding and you put po- uh, veil on your most important card and it can't be bled anymore. Um, at the same time, obviously, it also prevents boost from yourself. But uh, I think with so many keywords around, veil is a very interesting one. That um... Veil on defenders. Yeah, true. That's mm-hmm. That's something that's going to cause... Some major raging, I feel like. But you can still, yeah, you can still target sure. it. I think you can purify it. Yeah, you can still purify. I think you can purify veil. It's a status after all. Yeah, so you can have poison not yeah. unit anymore. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's a, I think that's a good middle ground actually because you see a lot of people complaining about poison, um, complaining about double ball, and we've seen numerous cards that tackle that issue. We have the squirrel. That banishes a card from the graveyard. So basically, an animalistic version of the Death when Arbalest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and we have Veil that prevents poison from being applied. So I think that the moment poison gets a little bit out of hand again, we actually have a fair number of cards that can counter it. I'm not sure if that's what you actually had in mind when when developing Veil, but I I like it. I like the idea. Yeah, it definitely adds a lot of complexity again, mm. right? So I, I I can imagine like some four head and five head plays during the next open with, uh, or maybe the the open after that with the, all the new cards, yep. and this is going to be an exciting one for sure. I'm really hoping Freddy's gonna make it to the next tournament because oh boy, with these new oh, maybe, maybe not <laughs> the next tournament, but the tournament afterwards because oh, yeah. with all these new cards, I think he could come up with some really interesting ideas. I'm looking cards True. like All God and stuff like that. I'm thinking, ooh, there is some serious meme potential in there. Or the <laughs> Ethereal oh, that yeah. was revealed yesterday by the oh, yeah. uh, uh, Lionheart. Oh, that's that. Like people, people are trying to think about um, effective ways to play it, but I think it is gonna be more of a meme card because mm-hmm. the odds of it sticking to the board are fairly low. But still, even if it doesn't stick in in a very um, specific case, it's gonna be seven for eight, which is not terribly bad. But other than the new keywords, because I feel like we can talk about it, but without the knowledge of you know more cards having those keywords or interact with those keywords it is difficult to talk about but there's another new thing coming to wind and that's the evolving cards is there anything you can tell us ryan right now 
all the evolving cards that we don't know yet. Hmm. Because we can talk about what we expect as a group, and we can interact with chat, ask chat what 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 they expect. But we have a few minutes before before we actually see one of them. So uh, what can you give us, or maybe you could prepare us in a way when it comes to well, what we're about to see. I myself, um, I'm really excited for them. I was a, or I still am like a. A little bit of a Pokemon fan, and <laughs> in general, just the concept of something having multiple versions um, and getting stronger just seems super cool to me. And I hope we see more, even with the next expansions. Um, but um, I think um, people, I think what what's really interesting is how they shape to. Uh, influence the the competitive play because um, every card you add that is actually good and playable will shape the way you play Gwent in a way. So, um, for example, if the, I mean major changes to the game, obviously like the 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 hand limit changed the way you pass in the first two rounds, and I think cards that get stronger over time might also shape the way you play the game or when like what the most important round is for example if you know your opponent is playing a card that is strongest in round three you might want to go for the 2-0 and bleed them even more and so taking away the importance of the last round maybe putting it a bit earlier i think it's an interesting uh way but i think uh we'll have to see how the game shapes when the majority so everybody can actually get access to these cards and um yeah i'm super super hyped to see that um, are they gonna be resilient? Are they gonna be resilient? Resilient? Well, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I know it was not on the list. But I just had to ask. It's a YOLO question, you know. Um, I learned from 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 the master, from Jason Slama himself, and he said, "If you want to ask me just some random YOLO questions." Do it because you never know what you're gonna get from me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's gonna be my policy whenever we have some somebody from CDPR on this show. <laughs> uh, actually, guys, in chat there is a quick poll in in the chat. I just dropped it there because we are four minutes away from the first evolving card reveal, and there's gonna there's two major theories. One it's Usurper, and the second one it's Amir. So you can vote in the troll poll, and we're gonna see. Which can I option? Vote? Oh, absolutely! You can vote. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna copy the link once again and drop it in chat. I just want to see the results, to be honest. <laughs> oh, me? yeah. There's actually because... one more cool question here in the oh. chat, if I may. Uh, Cross controller is asking if uh, we'll be able to see all the evolved cards arts in deck builder. Is it like you right click on the card, um... and you can see it? I'm actually not 100% sure. This could could change as well. I'm not sure, but um, I'm pretty sure you see the first iteration of the card, so the base version. Right. And um, it would make a lot of sense if you right-click it that you can see the other evolutions, basically. Yeah, I like think with the tokens, it. maybe, right? Yeah, exactly. I think that's the way. All right. That's really nice. I know that Lionheart was actually leaking a little bit. Because I, th I think he he's one of the very few content creators that actually have seen it. 
or um, you know the way he talked about it kind of gave away that he already saw one of those cards so mm-hmm. uh, I'm really interested in how these cards are going to be like because really two minutes and, I, and I'm here just waiting just waiting to see <laughs> it because it's Nilfgaard and I love everything Nilfgaard as you can judge by this thing right there <laughs> well I hope Boja is awake and not sleeping ready to press the button <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah. I hope he, he presses that button Mm-hmm. Yes, can... yes, Flow Mega. That's that's color in my room. <laughs> True. Uh, I'm just I'm just waiting here, guys. I, I think Ryan. How, that, that's one question I can ask in the meantime. How happy are you when people get hyped about the reveals? I'm I'm really really happy. I mean, I myself I'm super hyped for this expansion because I feel like this expansion brings a lot of cards and a lot of well features to the table that people really want to see or in general that will make the community very happy at least the sentiment we got so far from a few very specific people was super positive so i'm excited and um like as a general gwent fan i'm excited not as a cdpr employee but just as a fan of the game i'm really hyped to see um yeah what's coming to the game and uh, I hope that others share the sentiment. And so far, it's been it's been pretty good. So yeah, makes my job easier, obviously, if people are happy. But um, it's, uh, it's it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, I think and this is this is what makes uh, this job so special for you, because many people involved in Gwent, like like Pavo and and Jason, they were developing the game from the start, but always from the perspective of a developer. Like that, that while you you were a player, you were a community member before you joined the team. So for you, it's it's a completely different feeling, feeling than it is for them, I think. Yeah, that's true. Oh, guys, almost there. Let's almost. see, let's see, let's see. Video unavailable. Come on, Bojo. Still, Still waiting. waiting. I'm I'm just I'm just hitting that refresh button. Uh, <laughs> let me check. In before Bojo joins the call. <laughs> Feel free to invite him. Kappa? I mean, not even Kappa. Like, it would ruin the setup, but come on, Pao is always welcome. I remember when he was on the show, we, we had this idea that, you know, if you want to call us everyone now and then, you can. No problem, dude. Uh, can we drop the link to the chat as well? so that the people uh, can... No, because we will be showing it on stream. Oh, yeah, that's right. You can watch it together. <laughs> that's the whole point. That's the point of timing it to 12 p.m. And we can watch <laughs> it together, guys. Yeah, well, while you do the refreshing, um, I think there was a funny question as well in in chat earlier, which kind of like from the closed beta or general from earlier that doesn't see any player would you like to see back in the game. And um, just purely because of the card art and because I used to play a lot of Skellige, I would go with Heim because I think that's such a cool <laughs> card. Obviously, it was a bit toxic in the past, uh, <laughs> getting your silver spies. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, it was a good time. It was a good time. Oh, what, what was the play? Heim into into Skell? No, th- there was a play like that. Like three, it, it involved three cards. What was he called? Was it Ulderic? Yeah, yeah. Ulderic was a spy, right? So it was Heim yeah. into yeah. Skell into Ulderic or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. 
Yeah. Still unavailable. Pavel, where are you? <laughs> yeah, we actually have a lot of other questions in the chat as well, but we're going to wait and to ask them until the end, I think, right? I'm like noting down some of them. So uh, yeah, absolutely, the, absolutely. I'm about just... the slaves. Pavel, it's two minutes late already. God damn it. <laughs> it's still cycling back home, I guess. True. <laughs> I mean, he, where would he cycling? He's cycling from. He can't even go to work now. Oh, he's like doing his daily trip, like casual seventy kilometers every day. You know, easy peasy. I think Ryan is just exchanging some messages with him right now. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Warsaw, yeah, exactly, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, we could maybe like talk a bit more about like the backstory of Gunter, for instance, because there was a question about in the chat. I really like that one. If we are learning something more, if we are gonna learn something more about Gunter's backstory during the expansion, maybe some quests, maybe some, you know. Uh, additional trees with the new season coming up. Can you like share some information about that, Ryan? About the new season? Yeah. And backstory of, of Gaunter? Mm. I think the general theme of the expansion is like that Gaunter had his hands and influenced a few of the key moments in this tree. But um, I'm actually, yeah, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about that to be honest it's not it's not my department like in germany we have this uh company called media markt and saturn it's like a tech yeah, yeah. Uh, where you buy stuff and i think everybody every no german knows the saying that if you go into these huge stores and you look for something <laughs> and you find an employee and you ask them hey where can where can i find that they just say it's not my not my apartment sorry <laughs> i work in a different section you have to go somewhere else Find another victim. <laughs> another victim. With some vicious customers right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, Pavel. Don't be like that. I'm going to see what I can do from my own setup. Uh, let's see. Hey, Jeremiah. <laughs> This is gonna so stay. yeah, guys, if you just got here, we have a little bit of technical difficulties. <laughs> there was supposed to be a video that we are going to show, and that video is not available yet. So Ryan right now is looking at different ways of either kicking Fusha's ass remotely, or um, uploading the video himself, or clicking that <laughs> button himself. Just don't delete it, please. <laughs> <laughs> that red button. I'm still refreshing. Yeah, you keep on hitting that button. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give you 100 views before the video is even up. <laughs> Perfect. But yeah, I think that everyone who watched Open last weekend is used to these technical difficulties. So. <laughs> yes. 
guys, please bear with us. <laughs> and it was still great. It's, it's, so from it's what, worth it. Yeah, from what <laughs> I've been told, this is really worth waiting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, Villa, the qualifiers, uh, you qualified for 64 or also top 16? Uh, just 64, yeah. Okay. And uh, are you are you hoping to make it to the Open this time? Of course. <laughs> that That's sounded very optimistic. Always <laughs> main goal. I mean, I know I'm gonna win, so. Gonna I'm I'm gonna be rooting for you and for Energix and for a lot of people that I actually know that made it to qualifiers this time. Yeah. Are we buffing Actually, bribery? I think. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, Ryan. Maybe, maybe you can answer that one real quick. Uh, any changes to bribery? Uh, no comment. <laughs> no comments. Okay, so uh, so yes. So, so pretty much confirmed, guys. <laughs> yeah. I I can I can sense the great dandelion shall cry in the corner right now. <laughs> yeah, I got the feeling that you people don't like bribery. I wonder why this is. Yeah, I I, I love bribery. God, I think the god is absolutely fine, and we. Should I love bribery myself. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, um, actually, this season I was open. I was hoping to create some insane bribery plays, but apparently it doesn't replay every bribery. So you play it, it replays it, and then you get another replayer with Stefan, but it doesn't replay it afterwards. So you cannot play six briberies because I was going to play bribery, Stefan, Kingslayer, six briberies. Let's go. Unfortunately, it doesn't work. Video unavailable. It's been eight minutes. Yeah, eight minutes. Fifteen years. <laughs> eight minutes. In the waiting room. So Pavel was the guy responsible for this, right? Basically, yeah. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Didn't want to say that. I don't have his phone now. Blame Buja. probably do. <laughs> I only have his Discord. <laughs> I can try adding him to the call. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt he would pick up at the moment. Uh, the promise I cannot. Uh, the call uh, is full screen. Is there? Is we'll, there? We'll be live shortly. Shortly. Okay. Okay. Oh, shortly means. Uh, yeah, at least there's a response that he's he's live now. He's he's at his PC. That's good. That's good. Bribery <laughs> should get echo. <laughs> I agree. I agree with that statement. Absolutely. Right. I told him to ping me when it's live, and then we're all set and ready to go what's your what's your expectations of of what these evolving cards actually like what's the difference between the separate cards what do you think it's a really good question i i honestly expect them to support different archety archetypes in different stages hmm. i don't know why it's 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 a it's it's a hunch i would say because when i asked about resilience you gave me a no comment basically 
So, um, I, I think if they're not resilient, I think that depending on the round you play them, they're going to be doing something different. So, if you play them round one, they're going to support one archetype. If you play them round two, they're going to support a different archetype. And round three, another archetype. Yeah, that would actually make a lot of sense. You could just, you know, depending on the archetype you play, you would play it either round one, two, or three, right? So, yeah, that's a cool one. When we had actually the poll running, right? Who's the winner of the poll? Yeah, who's the winner? Oh, uh, let me see. Where's the poll? <laughs> oh, it is Usurper. Right now, 18 votes for Usurper, 14 votes for Emir, and 4 votes for Other. Uh, let's, let's, let's uh, read poll. Oh yeah, there's uh, Bing Bing, thank you very much. Really appreciate it, dude. So yes, guys, we are running a poll, waiting for um, the reveal, we are uh, running a poll on which character is going to be shown on the revolving card. And um, Usurper winning by a few votes. Interesting. Yeah, we have it, guys. We have it. Ooh. So let me get us, guys. Are we ready? There it is. Oh, there it is. Are we ready? Let me tell you the tale of an emperor. Enjoy. No, not that fool Fergus Var Emrace, the boar. This one, I believe you remember solely as the Usurper. Introducing the Usurper, an evolving card that gains strength at the start of each round. The card depicts the Usurper's rise from lowly soldier through general in order finally to become the Emperor of Nilfgaard. The Usurper excels at deploying spies behind enemy lines, and in final form, <laughs> can turn the most stalwart ally into a duplicitous foe. Seditious Aristocrats is one of the many new cards built to synergize with Usurper and flesh out the Nilfgaardian spy archetype. While a soldier at heart, the Usurper and his entourage gladly blur any lines of allegiance to achieve advantage. Alrighty. Uh, okay, you know what? Let me let. I'm gonna try to actually. I'm gonna send you the specific cards. Okay. What did you say? Should I send you the the pictures? I think the tweets will also be live. Um, sure. absolutely. If you do it, then we can show it on screen. Mm -hmm. The thing is, um, it might take a few seconds, guys. Because I would have to uh, exit the full screen. Or maybe I can just get them from the video. Because yeah, you yeah, yeah. So that's, I think that's the first stage, right? Six, Usurper Officer deploys spawn an operative in the opposite row. Zeal order sees all operatives at the start of round transform. That's the first version, right? That's the first one, yeah. Yes, sir. 
It reminds me of old Menno. I think I think it did something like that. Seize all spies. Back in back in the beta. This is really, really interesting. Oh, so six? An operative was three power, I think. Yeah, so the tokens basic... were three. So that's basically a nine, unless you have more operatives already on the board. Huge round finisher. Yeah, if you use it turn one, right? But probably you don't want to do that in most cases. But people in chat were right, right? The usurper is the man. Yeah, that's the usurper. Yeah. But it says at the start of round, transform. So it has to stay on the board for... It has to be resilient. No, the thing is... It no, it's in hand or deck, it's right? in hand or deck, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, so it's actually a good thing that there is no resilience on this, because <laughs> that would be definitely too good. Uh, but wait, wait, let me, let me go back to the first version. Okay, so the first version transferred the second one without any additional condition, conditions. Exactly. Yep. And the second one, only if you have devotion. Oh, okay. So the second version is deploys pawn and operative in each enemy row, so that's two guys. Mm -hmm. Zeal, order, seize all operatives, devotion at the start of round, transform. So the second one is basically already 12 points for 11 provision. Yeah. Um, okay, so we have a provision cost. Yeah, it's 11 provision. And um, for all three versions, obviously, because you only pay the provision at the start for the first version. And the thing is, it always creates a mind game between... Um, leaving the operatives on the opponent's side for, I don't know, spy multipliers and also blocking a row, for example. Um, that's where that thing comes into play you mentioned earlier. But obviously the opponent, for example, can consume the operative and then you lose value. So it has zeal on its order so you can get the operatives back to your side immediately. Um, if you just want the raw point value as a round finisher, for example, as you said, but if you want to build on like the spy archetype thing, then uh, yeah, it's a mind game between when you want to get the operatives back to your side. Um, quick question. It is spawn, so it is not going to trigger assimilate. Mm, yeah, I think that's true. Is it going to trigger um, Thirsty Dane? Mm, it should. I'm pretty sure it should to trigger that, yeah. Okay, and then we have the third version. Okay, it has Veil, so one of the new uh, keywords. Mm -hmm. Deploys pawn and operative in each enemy row. Again, sees all enemy operatives. Whenever you play an agent, boost so by one. So now it's an engine. I think that's actually not the up-to-date version in the trailer. Oh, the come one... on, guys. <laughs> the one I yeah the thing is these trailers like we've got six of them so they got created earlier obviously and um, they weren't finished today but obviously things change in the in the um, well card design 
because we test the cards and I think this one is even stronger than it says in the trailer. But obviously, if you uh, look at the on the website later today and if you look on Twitter after we post them, you'll see the correct version. It's very similar. It's just that it says whenever your opponent plays a unit, give it spying. So basically, whenever, card, whenever your opponent plays a unit, this guy gets a boost. No, no, it doesn't get a boost, but whenever your opponent plays a unit, it ge it gets spying. So the status spying. That means it triggers Thirsty Dame every time. That means it triggers the Seditious Aristocrat. Um, so it's definitely card you want to remove from the board, this one. Um, so you can still damage it, obviously. You can just damage, deal six damage, but you can't lock it because it's got Veil. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you can't thing, poison it. You can't poison it, but it definitely needs a status. Uh, I mean, um, a devotion, because uh, you, you can only, like, that's a trade-off, basically. You've got this really strong card on the board, but for that, you can't have any neutral cards on the board. So, yeah. I mean, effectively, how many neutrals are you going to run in Novgard if you are playing Spies? Not many. That's the question. <laughs> because you could you could run let's say royal royal, royal decree or or marching orders, but you already have Roderick, you already have Menno because you're gonna play tactics like every new guard deck. Plays yeah, tactics. probably probably. So you are them. probably gonna thin enough to afford devotion, or maybe you're just gonna bank on the second version of the card, which is also pretty strong. But other than the uh, usurper, we also got. Uh, seditious Aristocrats. Deploy, boost self by one for every spying enemy unit. Devotion, whenever an enemy unit gains spying, boost self by one. So it works really, really well with the third version of Usurper. It's a three power unit. How many provisions? Five. The thing is, I'm pretty sure that the devotion is on the updated card is uh, for everything. So also for the deploy effect, boost self by one for every spying unit. So this is a card you can only really afford to run in the devotion deck as well. Um, but yeah, it, it is. It does remind of the old Imperial Brigade. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, quick question: Do we have an image for the? Operatives, or are are they just a three power unit, no ability, nothing? Mm, yeah, I'll, we I think we'll post it on Monday as well on social media, but it's just a three point doomed token. Okay. Really, really interesting. I'm I'm impressed. So it is all about spying. So now we have a scenario that um, supports um, poison slash statuses, and now we have. Also, an evolving card that supports buying. Great. Yeah, and this one this that's, really good. It's not really that much. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be interested to see what the optimal spy deck looks like, and <laughs> I'm oh, confident absolutely. that it's gonna be strong. And I will for sure play it as well because I really enjoyed the old spies. And I think it's something that a lot of people actually want to back in the games, like spies, 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 please come back. On the other side, we've got a lot of new players that are really fed up with Nilfgaard, even though <laughs> Nilfgaard's win rate isn't even that high, but it looks, it seems very oppressive, especially like lockdowns and this 
poison archetype. So I, I'm interested to see how the community reacts once everything <laughs> is live, especially in your players. There is one, uh, knowing for sure that it is Usurper. Now I have a question about the Amir cards or the Amir artwork that we've seen in the trailer. Are these going to be actual cards? Mm. Not my department. <laughs> no, oh, come department. On. Don't, don't give him ideas. <laughs> no, I think, I, think this, I think you'll see these cards or at least... Yeah, I think you'll see him in the game. Yeah. Okay, yeah, awesome. Think. And um, I'm pretty sure this is a no no comment question, but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Um, Urchin of Erlenwald transforming into Dune. Is that gonna be a Nilfgaard card, or is that gonna be an R slash neutral? Let's say if he would be in the game, I think I'm pretty confident that he would be Nilfgaard as well. I don't think we would split those two. Okay. All I wanted to know. Like we, we actually talked about this before the podcast, and I was like, oh, just please don't do it. Please, please don't make it neutral or an R. I'll, I'll be crying in the corner if you did that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this really caught me off guard, guys. Like, I, I completely <laughs> forgot about all the questions that we have here. <laughs> yeah, this is, you just want to theory craft with a, that one. Oh, absolutely. I'm. I mean, you cannot possibly theorycraft at the moment because we don't have all the cards yet. Yeah, yeah but... We've seen... Uh, Nilfgaard in total gets 12 cards based on the Reddit post. Yeah. And we've seen how many? We've seen Angry Mob. We've seen the Seditious Aristocrats. That's two. We've seen the Usurper. That's three. Um, What else have we seen from Nilfgaard? As a... And the token, that's... Possibly four. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Actually, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure if you check on the website later when it gets updated, I think at 1 p.m. on the weekend, and it will show the new cards we revealed today. Um, I think that the three Nilfgaard, like the three stages of Usurper, are separate um, entities on the website. Mm. Okay. So they are three different cards. Yeah. And are you planning to add more evolving cards in the future? Because when the scenarios dropped, we had um, Jason on the show and he said, well, we are not planning to add more scenarios in the near future. So it was basically, uh, well, maybe at some point, but not uh, not in, in our direct plans, I would say. And, and, and these cards, evolving cards, are we going to see more of them? Are decks going to be restricted to only one of them? Because they they seem like based on this one, they're gonna be pretty powerful, I imagine. Um to be honest, uh this is the first time I can really say this is not my department. I don't know. <laughs> um but as a as a Gwent fan and seeing these these cards, uh I I hope so because I think they're super cool. But I would see I would agree that there might be a problem with having multiple evolving cards in your deck. At the same time, um putting so much power onto your last two rounds, for example, will make it difficult. I think you don't want to stack your deck with late game cards too much because then you just give up control of the first round. Um, but yeah, I hope so. I think. But really even cool. if you play it round one, it's still a pretty strong card because it's what, it's 11? Yeah, I think it's 11 provision, nine points if you play it at the start. Unless you have more operatives. 
And that's You've another got... question. Um, are there going to be more ways to spawn an operative? Mm, I think this is also not 100%. I think it's only Usurper that spawns them. So it's like really close tied to the card, but I could be wrong. Um, but yeah, I think it's I think it's only Usurper. All right, so 11 for 11, round one. Nine, right? Nine, nine for 11. Oh yeah, because I, I counted the... It's only one. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, nine for 11, round one. 11 for 11, round two. 11 for 11 plus engine, round three. Okay, so I guess bleeding is going to be the right way to play against these cards. <laughs> because you want your opponent to play it as early as possible to deny them all the additional value. Yeah, I can. You Just can well. already see like like the the simple combo with the strategic withdrawal, right? You can already play it twice. So as the round three finisher, this is going to be really good. And guys, you can play scenario and usurper in the same deck <laughs> because the seditious aristocrats are well, as the name suggests, aristocrats. So you can get thirsty dame. She's going to get statuses uh, picks from usurper. And then you can spawn more 30 dames with the scenario. Oh, man. So, yeah, so pe people were worried. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys are actually going to do that, but people were worried. Okay, if you remove the Asira, Asira and uh, scenario play, just remember the next patch, Asira Usurper is going to be a thing. <laughs> or, or because these cards are not doomed. They're not doomed. Yeah. Oh, my sweet Asira. <laughs> it's gonna be... You need to keep in mind, it only evolves in deck or in hand. So if it's between rounds, is in the graveyard, it won't evolve. Yeah, but that's still a strong play that you can... I mean, be because if you are gonna play Mada, you are losing Devotion anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh. <sighs> I think we actually exhausted this topic because there is so many questions and I'm sure that Ryan cannot give us too many answers because <laughs> the review campaign is still ongoing. But I just want to say um, I feel honored that we could show this on, on, <laughs> on the podcast. Of course, it was not a leak. It was not a podcast exclusive review. It also appeared on all, other platforms, all the other platforms at the same time. But as I said before the stream, for many people... Because it was not promoted. Nobody knew it was going to be 12 p.m. other than us. That's so, true. Um, so for many people, this was actually the first source of information in this case. I'm really happy about that. And Villa, what do you think about uh, Usurper? Because uh, as a pro yeah. player, I, th I think you are going to have an opinion on that. <laughs> I, th I think the gods, yeah, looking at every phase of the gods and all the potential synergies, I think the gods going to be pretty up there <laughs> quite strong um, yeah obviously it's hard to tell how strong when we haven't seen all the possible interactions with the other gods coming but i've already got this kind of hunch that this is gonna be yeah very very strong in the meta and it's gonna probably shape it at least towards some some direction yeah i i, I think yeah. so as well and actually another quick question related to the spine archetype because we have the old pew pew boys 
the Impera Enforcers, is Spawn gonna give them another tick? Mm. Because I think it says play. Are they gonna be reworked to whenever a spying unit appears? Because if so, having them whenever your opponent plays a spying card with Usurper Stage 3, oof. A big oof. <laughs> I'm actually not sure. It might and be the, the, the same applies to Rainfarn. Yeah, yeah, I think I think there are cards getting small, like really small tweaks, so they work and synergize with the new ones. I'm not sure which exactly, so I can't uh, say if it's this one or another one, but there are cards like that. And same goes for cards like I um I think right now the um what's she called? The Duchess Informant that copies a card. Um mm -hmm. I think it says non loyal or something and it will just be non-spying right yeah. now so you can't copy a, a spy it no, has that would to be, be crazy because they would just copy informants and basically play Novgorod version of rats exactly that's <laughs> easier to set up because you copy your play you copy your play it, it, then it, you it, <laughs> basically old slave driver <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> oh the old beta slave driver i think it even made it to one of the tournaments i'm not, I'm not sure well, you, you know, when, when um, you could create a slave driver from slave driver? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> the oh, the that, whole that, thing. Fun because times. because fun there times. were, like, I think it was the problem with premiums, premium slave drivers and non-premium slave drivers. Like, it had in the car text that you weren't allowed to do that. Um, but I think if your opponent had premium slave drivers or something like that, then you could still copy them. This endless circle. <laughs> okay guys so that's it when it comes to reveals today but there's still some things i want to talk about because we have like half an hour so um i want to touch upon the topic of gwent open because there's possibly possibly some some leaks to be had in that garden so um gwent open um it took place last week and it was the first time we had a remote tournament so my first question within that segment is going to be how difficult was it to organize and um did you feel any kind of time pressure when 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 putting it together and did it speed up the progress on the spectator mode because when it comes to that specific mode i remember pavel telling me um, this is not our priority then uh, i remember jason saying we are working on that and apparently now it is working at least for the purpose of official tournaments <laughs> yeah right now we uh, obviously are testing a lot um with the whole online situation and no land tournaments uh it did raise the priority on these kind of things a lot <clears throat> um i think uh we really tried to not delay um the open any further it was already delayed once uh a one month right it was supposed to be last month not this one or like like two months ago not last month and um that obviously brought a lot of technical uh questions and it was the first time we had it in this full online scenario so there were a lot of things that we couldn't know from the start or things that were out of our hands um but we learned a lot from the first time so i'm very comfortable well confident that the next one will be even better and 
as you mentioned, it is it's right before the release of the of the expansion. It's like on the twenty seventh and twenty eighth, and the expansion comes on the thirtieth. So you can expect a lot more leaks and and just a general reveals and looks uh, into the new expansion coming in the next open. All right. But when is it going to be available to the public to organize custom tournaments? Or you don't have a timeline on that? Hopefully soon. Yeah. Hopefully soon. <laughs> um, and with that being said, I think that tournaments are uh, more... It's not really my department. I'm not a competitive player. I don't help organize them in any uh, form or shape. So I think with that being said, I'm going to give the word to your villa and has to run this segment. Yeah, okay, so Ryan and Hesse obviously both worked on Gwent Open and are gonna work on Gwent Opens for the future as well. So like can you share behind the scenes perspective with us what's going on behind the scenes and like how did the players adapt to an online setting for this open and what kind of issues did you run into? Like what was the most common issue and this this kind of stuff. If you can shed some light on it'd be great. I mean, as Hesa can can say as well, um, it requires a lot of communication. And so it was really good that he was there because we had obviously three Chinese players, two of them that don't speak English. And it um, obviously being in a different environment than their normal pro rank grinding session um, requires a lot of uh back and forth, making sure that everything is correct. And obviously that takes some time. Um, but I think it was super important to have Hesse there um, as a translator on, on, like on set, basically. But yeah, I think you could say a bit more about that as well. Oh yeah, that was, that was a bit different actually. Um, for me, for example, the communication face-to-face -face with the players is, is a bit easier than just talking with them. Um, via discord for example or whatever other platform it may be so uh, yeah there were some there were some issues with that but it all ended up pretty well um they could actually understand a lot as well because um we were mainly typing it was not only you know the voice communication all the time so they could just translate some stuff quicker with uh, just the help of google translate or whatever translate they use like the chinese players for example they are using uh, different platforms than Google, right? Because Google is banned in in China, so that that was problematic as well for them, I guess. Mm, but it was an interesting interesting experience for sure. Uh, but I personally hope uh, that it's all gonna get back to normal quickly, because it's much more convenient in terms of translating, at least. Yeah, and I think. In general, um, figuring out uh, how to work with so many people across the globe is always a challenge. But um, I think, at least I, I thought that day two of the Open went a lot smoother and people really, it was a much more enjoyable experience as a viewer. So I think uh, it showed that uh, showed to us that it can work and that we definitely want to go ahead with the next open. One thing that really surprised me, and that's not really a question, it's more of a comment, is the production value. 
because looking at the developer streams held remotely, I expected this tournament not to look too great in terms of production, visuals, etc. And then you guys knocked it out of the park. The transitions, the presentation, um, the casters did an amazing job. Like I, I just realized that it's not the studio that creates the atmosphere. It's the whole setting, it's the uh, dynamics between um, Macbeard and Flake and then Panda and, and, and Jagras that really create the atmosphere around the tournament. So it was a lot of fun watching, even despite the technical difficulties. And, and maybe I could sneak a, a minor question there. Are, do you guys have any plans on reducing the time, lowering the length of the tournament? Because I think the first day was 9 hours and 18 minutes. It was a marathon. <laughs> it was a long work day, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, I don't think we want to reduce the games. Um, but obviously the downtime, the time it took to get the players into the games, that is something we're working on. So um, I think uh, if like day two obviously had less games, but also ran a lot smoother. Uh, I think if it goes like that during the next open, then it won't be nine hours plus. But uh, I don't know if people draw five games in a row, then it will be difficult to, to make it uh, shorter. But yeah. From our end, we're definitely working on that. And another thing that we definitely need to talk about, and I think that's that's one of the hazards. That's uh, right. The price pool. Is the price pool. Yeah. The price pool. So go ahead. Yeah, that was. I was like super surprised uh, with the results of the uh, community contribution. Right. So that was the the first time uh, I think Gwent uh, did that. The Gwent team did that. So uh, Ryan, what's your take on that model? I think it, it worked out really well and we got a lot more money in the price pool. The players are happy about that. They, uh, what was the way of splitting that money as well? Could you shed some light on that as well? Mm. I'm, I'm also really happy about the amount that came together. Obviously we did have a bit more time for this bundle to, uh, well sell because the open was moved by one month. I think the next one, like the, the time frame of people to buy the next bundle is a lot shorter. Oh, yeah. It's from one month just to the end of the next month. So I don't expect it to be that high. But at the same time, open two bundle, I think, looks really cool. I personally prefer the second bundle to the first one. Um, but I think that's just a preference. I think people that want to support esports don't really care too much about that anyways. Um, but I think splitting the cash uh, between the players... Um, I, I don't think I can go into a lot of detail, but I think Vlad, obviously our head of esports there, um, communicated with the players beforehand, before the tournament started on how we want to tackle this. And the communication we did beforehand was, we're going to split it and add it to the player's price pool, basically. And I think there's different strategies when it comes to that. You can either say, okay, you split it exactly the same way as you would split the normal already price pool, existing price pool, or you just split it onto the eight players so they gain like a head start for their winnings. I think for this time, this was actually pretty good because then everybody had, uh, well, a piece of the cake, even if they lost in the first round. Um, 
But if the money contributed by the community is way more than the one uh, like the existing prize pool, it does diminish the the value of actually achieving that first or second place. So I think yeah. there's there has to be a middle ground somewhere between that. But obviously, the, nothing is set in stone right now, and we'll have to see how much money contributes to the second one. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that made a lot of sense, actually, for me, because you had to reward somehow people who took part in the exhausting uh, qualifications, right? The qualifiers. So, yeah, that makes sense. There's one important thing that you said there, and um, that's that the time window between Open 1 and 2 is much shorter. And that's something I'm actually very excited about. Because, guys, I'm not sure if you were aware, but we're actually three weeks away from the next Open. And I'm already excited. I love tournaments. Almost every single stream I've been saying this game needs more tournaments desperately. And we had one open and then a month later we had another one. But I think that we have some questions about the format of this open. Yeah, so just is the open 2 going to be held remotely? I mean, I assume it is. Or, but is there a chance it's going to return to the old setting? And if there is... How soon do you think that is? I mean, obviously it's hard to determine with the COVID, but is there a general kind of plan or a time frame for this kind of thing to put in motion again? I think uh, the next one is definitely going to be remotely again, online, completely. Um, we definitely want to get back to the studio, obviously, because it makes things a lot easier for us, uh, puts a lot more things into our control. But um, the thing with uh, flying everyone to the studio is obviously not every country is at the exact same spot when it comes to recovering from this virus so um even if in poland for example everything is cool and everyone can go back outside doesn't mean that everybody in the world can and we can't fly in people from i don't know like america for example right now so um i think we are gonna wait and see Obviously, I think everybody that says, I know exactly how the situation is going to play out over the next few months is uh, <laughs> talking BS because um, it's, it's, it's a very difficult uh, situation to, to predict. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think the next one's going to be online. After that, we'll have to see how the situation is and how quickly we can get players back into the studio. But for now, it's uh, wait and see and go along with online for them. Obviously, it's a bit different for the Masters, so the final of the first season, and obviously also of the second season. We don't really like the idea of having that online, which is why the first season final still hasn't happened yet, um, because it's a grand event. It's a grand finale of the of a long season, especially the first one, <laughs> spanning over multiple years. So, yeah, it has to be something grand and epic, and also just be worth it for the players for the production value and for the company so i think yeah we'll have to wait and see but we're always uh trying to have multiple options ready depending on how the situation plays out okay and i think i'm gonna sneak another question in there um considering that the second open is gonna be held remotely as you just said are we gonna see um hosts and analysts return the setting because of course the, the first open you were just trying to test how it works so are we gonna see only the four casters the two duos that we um 
So the first open, or is there going to be more people involved in the production in terms of analysis or just overall hosting of the event? Mm. I think uh, we're looking of ways to make the broadcast, the online broadcast more similar to our offline events. But um, yeah, nothing's really set in stone yet. So I think Borja is eager to get back in front of the camera for once. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, I can't, I can't really say right now. Yeah. Because one thing that I noticed is, would it be possible to actually have part of the event held at the studio? For example, hosting? I think it could be done at, at the location in Warsaw, right? Like have two, three people um, do that and a couple of uh, crew to make it happen. To just kind of give you the vibe of an offline setting. Yeah, it's definitely a consideration. Um, right, and like for the last one, it wasn't possible for multiple reasons. But um, depending on how the situation plays out until the end of this month, then uh, this is definitely something we're looking into. Okay. I know enough. Guys, do we have any more questions about the opens? Other than um, a few announcements. Uh, 27, 28 of June. So three weeks away. Uh, yeah, do you guys remember uh, from the top of your head who is going to participate? I think Redframe made it. Yep. And, and then... The, um, actually, not sure. I don't remember. We have actually three players from Russian-speaking countries, I think, right? We get Magpie for sure. Oh, Magpie. Uh, we got uh, Ilyuha from Russia, right? There is something... There is one more. As far as I remember, Wang ID is also going to participate as well. Mm -hmm. So you have only four or five players. Yep. And Tailbot and Camps probably too. Camps right? and then, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think this is, this is it, right? I think so. I don't have the list in front of me right now, but that, that sounds Yeah, me reasonable. either. Should have thought about it beforehand. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure because I was checking how many Russian and Chinese players do I have <laughs> for the next open. So yeah, this is gonna oh, just, cal it. just cal calculating your fee. Like, okay, um, <laughs> this many players I have to send Buja this kind of invoice. <laughs> how how much do you charge per hour, Kappa? Not my department, Kappa. One point two plus. Uh, but speaking of your department, Ryan, I think it's we, we have 12 minutes left before you have to run. So I think we can quickly go over to the personal Q&A. We have a couple of questions there. So take as much time as you need to answer them. Give us as much as you can. And uh, the first question will be, um, this was your first tournament as an employee. So how would you describe your experience? So the difference between being a viewer different and, and then being an employee actively working on the setting huh i would say it, um it's a mixture between proud exhausting um very happy uh it just feels good to be part of the team and uh, to to actually be able to um convert my my passion into work like as i said i've been working for uh, roughly two months now and um the days just fly by because i don't really look at the time or it, when i look at the time it's more of a shit i need to get this done before then and then and <laughs> i need to get this out i need to prepare this and um 
it is obviously exhausting also to work on the weekends and um for especially for these long hours and day one was even rougher because i was also moderating the chat so as you can imagine having 45 minute delay uh really messes with the chat <laughs> and <laughs> as a moderator just having these messages fly by at the same time and you have to check okay i, I have to ban that i have to ban that i have to ban that that is uh pretty exhausting but overall i think it's really cool if you see that the final product turns out as you envision it and um it's really cool to be to be a part of it so i really enjoy it and um another question and i i think that's something i'm really really interested in is how did you land this position how did you get to work with cdpi because of course as i as i told you guys before the podcast i knew about that before it was announced it was a pure accident like nobody really told me okay you are the, the one supposed to know that it was more like jason just yellow telling us things and he said okay we we hired ryan godrick and i was like oh shit i need to talk to ryan but do i do it before the announcement no, I think I'm gonna wait. So I'm I've been waiting to ask this question for a very long time. How did that happen? <laughs> I, I think uh, I just applied. I just applied last year. There was a um, uh, a job application on uh, Twitter that I saw from the company saying, oh, "Hey, the, we the want one to where you... where where Pavel said he's making a good coffee." I think so. Like, it, it, I think could he be. mentioned it as one of the perks of working with with him. That could be. I still, I'm still yet to to enjoy that coffee he makes because obviously I haven't been to the studio after I joined the team. But <laughs> um, I think uh, obviously I was very eager to work with them because I've been to Warsaw twice. I, I've been uh, in contact with the company. Um, I uh, enjoyed my time there very much and. I think uh, my application was was good enough that they invited me back for an interview and for like some test work and that kind of stuff. So, uh, in general, I um, I was very happy to 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 take this position uh, on myself and to take some work off of Borja and uh, yeah, develop develop the the communication into a new era. But um, I don't know what's what, what much there is to say. I mean, I've been part of the community, so I think Boja and a, a couple of people that had a say in this decision already knew me. So they knew I was passionate about the game, that I want to create content for the game. Um, they can obviously judge my art or my way to communicate online from what they saw from me in the past. So I think that always influences this. So if you if you ever feel like you want to be part of something, I don't know as as uh, I think it was Flake mentions so often, hard work pays off. <laughs> yeah, it's actually the question that we ask almost everyone who works with CDPR in one uh, way or another. We we also asked Flake how he landed the gig and then McBeard and then and, and Jaguaris. So um, <laughs> it's, it, it's, a, it's a cool story because I still remember you streaming Thronebreaker. Like for me, that's that's the... <laughs> embodiment of your career as a content creator the Thronebreaker streams and then one thing that i will always remember is i'm watching the stream casually following the story and you just say in the middle of the stream okay guys that's it for now i'll see you next time just because you were recording this for youtube and that was the end of the episode <laughs> yep. 
that was the start of my of my youtube channel i thought yeah i'm gonna put this on youtube and then i think i uploaded four or five videos and then it stopped because i thought ah come on nobody watches that anyway so i'm just gonna stream the game and enjoy my time and put more work into gwent videos like deck explanations and that kind of stuff yeah you were actually involved in, in a lot of projects but i think the next question that that's not my department again is, is gonna review more on that <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, so actually, Ryan, what what changed now that you work at CDPR? Is is your like job affecting the other projects that you might be involved in at the moment? Tell us more about that. I mean, obviously, I, before that, I was part of Team Artusa and planning content with them, um, and that obviously changed because you can't really be part of one team and um, be like a objective community uh, <laughs> specialist. And also, obviously, I don't have the time to do that anymore. Uh, I also casted a few games in the past for some, I think I casted one Chinese or actually a Korean tournament. Um, and I don't see myself doing that right now. Um, my stream is on hold, but that was on hold before I joined the company as well because I had a lot of IRL stuff to do, like finishing my, um, my, 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 my bachelor thesis and that kind of stuff. Um, but in general projects, I have a few, I had a few video projects lined up. I don't have the time right now to do that, but I think like, for example, streaming, once I get mm -hmm. to also and I have a bit more time in the evening, obviously right now I'm spending it a lot with friends and family, um, right here in Cologne, just for the last couple of weeks. But once I move there, I think, uh, and I hope that I have good internet and <laughs> then I'll be able to <laughs> do a bit as well. And yeah, just be in contact with, with community members. And um, to kind of finish the segment, a few random follow-up questions. Number one, what about your D&D sessions with Green Cricket? <laughs> oh, I still enjoy these very much. And I'm still we're planning them. So I have time to, to attend those as well. And obviously that's like a fully private thing. So it's completely... Um, separated from my work life uh obviously we joke a lot about ryan what what can you tell us about the next expansion what's going to be <laughs> um, of course of course like you, you landed everyone. the job you knew it you knew that everyone you've <laughs> ever known within the community is gonna be hey ryan how you doing it's been a long time my friend yeah it's been a long time man do you have a card for me <laughs> <laughs> and another question is are you learning polish Oh, I will be when I move there because then I'll attend some Polish lessons. Uh, right <laughs> now, not a lot. Uh, I haven't spent any time learning it in particular, besides from the few words I caught on when I was in, in Poland myself. So I don't know. I, <laughs> I know the Dziękuję, I know the Dzinki, the Dziedobre, the Tak. And Polski. And Polski. And Polski. And Polski. But yeah, I think, I think uh, I'll, I'll learn a bit more when once I get there. Uh, Hester, what is the most useful Polish word that you would teach, Ryan? Because Ryan, if it, like you already know, Hester is our language freak. He knows a lot of things. He he teaches languages himself. So if you need somebody um, to give you a few lessons, here's your man. So the most common words that you can give away right now. I, I, Free of I would charge. say that I would say that the most important word is actually proszę, if you want to be really polite and mm. ask about something right but ryan probably knows this one already so <laughs> so yeah that is the the keyword that you got to use a lot in poland because actually polish people are pretty you know 
uh, pretty polite <laughs> comparing to other Slavic countries, to be honest, especially the the eastern ones. <laughs> that this man that so to cut this topic right here to stop it right there, guys. Uh, I think it's the sellout time. So uh, we arrived at the end of the podcast because Ryan has to run in a couple of minutes. Um, so um, guys, if our viewers feel the need find you online where can they do so and i'm gonna start with ryan oh um you can find me on twitter obviously uh ryan godrick um on uh discord as well sometimes <laughs> and in general um I, I i did stream in the past so i have still my my twitch account and my youtube account but uh yeah if you want to get in contact with me on all things regarding Gwent, you can shoot me a DM on Twitter and I'll get back to you hopefully during the same day, depending on the work. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. Okay, once again, thanks for being here. And now I'm going to give the opportunity to Villa, our pro man. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch sometimes. Same name, uh, Villa KSK. And if you do randomly see me stream, uh, please subscribe. I like money, and I can very much use it. Subscribe. So I, 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 yes, I, I like money. Please give. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hester, my oh, man. You got me there. You got me there. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, well, you can find me at Hester Tavern at Twitch. Mm, that would be the best uh, way they to can't find, find me you right Twitter now. Anymore. They can't, yeah, you can't find me on Twitter anymore because I'm suspended because I posted some uh, naked photos, Kappa, uh, unfortunately. Uh, but yeah, uh, Twitch, Twitch is the only place for now, right? It's Hester Tavern. Uh, I'm going to stream actually after um, our podcast today. So feel free to jump in and say hi. And yeah, sorry for not answering all the questions today and not asking them because our time is quite limited. So hopefully we're going to do that next time. Okay, right on. Um, I'm not going to promote myself because you are already on my channel, so I'm going to take this opportunity and remind you that if you want to stay in touch off stream, you can follow us on Twitter at Novigrad Podcast. And then this episode is going to be uploaded onto YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts within the next couple of hours. So once again, Ryan has Hesse, thanks for being here. I think that was a good premiere of the third season of our show. Thanks for all the leaks and all the information that you were able to give us today. I'm still stunned by the video. I, I feel like the podcast took a very chaotic turn around that time. <laughs> because I was just waiting for the video. I forgot about questions. I just wanted to see it. And after I saw it, I was like, okay, where's my deck builder? <laughs> so once again, everyone, thanks for being here. Thanks for watching. Uh, as I already said, the is going to be available on other platforms within the next couple of hours so uh guys thanks for yeah. having me thanks a lot uh, it was I'm a pleasure. gonna go outside and uh, use my voice so <laughs> use your democratic you rights exactly people <laughs> go on the streets <laughs> okay guys so we'll see you in two weeks i think we are going to announce the next guest in a couple of days right so um yeah take care enjoy your saturday and we'll see you guys later yeah have a great one